welcome back to another episode of the I'm Moving to Italy podcast. This is Nathan Heinrich, and I would like to welcome you back to episode 22. I am beside myself with excitement to be sitting back in Italy behind this microphone sharing a live and up-to-date episode as great as it was to be able to upload those last five episodes that were pre-recorded episodes i have been so looking forward to getting back here and doing this again on a weekly basis it kind of surprises me how much this has become a part of my life and although i really record on one day and oftentimes edit that same day and upload on that same day. I'm thinking about what I'm going to be sharing with you all week long. I'm thinking about what would be relevant, what would be interesting to you, what would inspire you, what was funny that happened that I'd like to share with you. So it's kind of incredible how much these episodes that I share with you weekly have become so important to me and something I like really look forward to. So being back here and sharing this time with you is just a true pleasure and I'm so happy to be back. So I would like to start off by welcoming some new countries to our listening family. We have listeners that have joined us from seven new countries and i would like to welcome each of you to our family and let's start with brazil welcome brazil and then we have the island nation of anguilla which is a british island so welcome anguilla and then we have the country of colombia the fabulous south american country of colombia and then we have spain which It's wonderful because Spain is one of the neighboring countries here to Italy. So I'm so excited to be spending time in Spain, being so close. So welcome, Spain. And then we have the mighty country of Russia. Welcome, Russia. I am happy to have you here. And then we have the country of Mexico, my neighboring country from my state of California. I have spent so much time in Mexico over the years. I have friends in Mexico. I have many friends from Mexico. I love everything about Mexico practically. And so welcome Mexico. And then finally, we have the incredible country of the United Arab Emirates joining us. So the UAE, welcome to our show. Welcome to all of you. Brazil, Anguilla, Colombia, Spain, Russia, Mexico, and the United Arab Emirates. Why do I feel like I'm hosting the Miss America or the Miss Universe pageant right now. (laughs) Anyway, I am so thrilled to have each of you here. While I was traveling, every time a new country would pop up on my screen, I would get so excited, but I couldn't share it until I had a live episode like this to share it with. So I'm so excited. We have about 40 countries listening to us from all over the world now, and I'm stunned. I'm, I'm in awe, and I'm beyond grateful. This this has far exceeded my wildest dreams. Every single week, we are breaking listening and download records. We are growing. Our community on Instagram is growing. Those of you who haven't joined Instagram yet, please do so. 
we have thousands and thousands of downloads and listens and the number kind of keeps doubling and it's doubling faster and faster and and we're we're definitely catching the attention of the podcasting hosting apps like Spotify and Apple they are sort of raising us up in their rankings and we are also joining many more podcasting listeners charts so we're on charts all over the world right now which is just incredible and anyway i'm just thrilled i'm thrilled that you're all here i'm thrilled that you're all still here i'm thrilled that many of you are not only listening but you're sharing this with your friends and family and i think that's one of the amazing ways that the show is growing i i keep getting messages from you who had this show recommended to you by a friend or a family member and and then there's those of you who are the original person you found it on your own you searched for something related to italy probably or something related to travel and you found us and thank you thank you for the reviews thank you for sharing listening liking all of the above i am just so grateful so thank you so the last time i spoke to you all live was for episode 16 and now we are in episode 22 so you can see that it's been a number of episodes it has been a total of about five weeks since i uploaded a non-pre-recorded episode so i'd like to catch you up on what has happened and i'm not going to dive too deep into my travels because i feel like i don't ever want to turn this show into a reality show about my life and that might sound strange considering that i'm i pretty much talk about my experiences but as i've shared before this show was never meant to be let's follow nathan around the world or let's follow every single step that nathan takes this is a show specifically about moving to italy so if i feel like something is relevant and i do think that when you do move to another country it is relevant information to understand how you would navigate going back home and visiting and traveling. So the stuff that I'm going to be referencing is more in relation to helping kind of describe or explain what the process is like, what it feels like to go back home after, you know, living in another country and travel and so on and so forth. So I just want to be clear about that's kind of my intention is to, is to, share as much as I can that I feel is relevant with you without turning this into what did Nathan do this week? <laughs> anyway, I hope that's clear. It might be sound a bit vague, but I, in my mind, it's clear. So I guess that's, that's what's important. So the last episode I recorded was uh, live was when we landed in New York. And so I want to pick up and tell you kind of what happened from that point on. From New York, we were there just for one night and then we flew down to Atlanta. And then from Atlanta, we flew up back up to Tennessee. And so one or two days after we arrived, we went online and scheduled a COVID vaccine at one of our local pharmacies. And fortunately, there were vaccines available and there were many appointments available. So we walked in and within I think it was probably less than five minutes. We had both been vaccinated, got our vaccination cards, and we were out. We got a single dose vaccine. So we got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which 
made it kind of easy because we didn't have to, we weren't going to be staying in Tennessee for, for too long. So it actually worked out really well because we didn't have to figure out a time and maybe a different state to get our second vaccine. And it just, it was just a lot more simple to get the single dose. We had absolutely no negative reactions. I think maybe we felt a bit tired for probably the rest of the day. Our arm was maybe a tiny bit sore for a day and that was it. We, neither one of us came down with any symptoms. And so I was very grateful to get that done and kind of behind us. And I was grateful for the opportunity to be able to get the vaccine in the first place. Coming from Italy where the vaccine is, is now, just now, in the middle of June, finally becoming available for people that are younger in their 20s. And so the fact that when we left about five weeks ago, it was only available to people in their 60s and older, that that was kind of a, you know, a, a big difference in this, you know, between the two countries. So anyway, we got vaccinated, we got our vaccine cards, and then we just kind of went about our life. We are I think I've shared before, we are looking for some property in Tennessee that's going to be our sort of home in the United States. It's a, it's just a place that I've always loved my whole life. My family and I visited Tennessee when I was a young boy, probably about mm, 11 or 12. And I fell in love with it on that first visit. I've always loved it. And there are some tax benefits to living in that state, but really we love the state for the natural beauty and the fact that it is very close to the world's busiest airport. We happen to be right on the border of Georgia, so we're in southern Tennessee, and we are about an hour and a half from the world's busiest airport, which is Atlanta, and there are nonstop flights and direct flights all over the world from Atlanta, so it's very convenient. So we sort of chose it for many reasons, but since choosing it and, and falling in love with it, we also really, really have come to love people in Tennessee. We have people that feel like family to us already, and we've only been spending time there for a couple of years. So we're just, we're just really, really, really thrilled to be able to be there. And Alessandra really loves it. We've kind of We've kind of figured out that part of the reason why we love it is not just because of all the specific things about the state and the city where we live and and the people, but also because neither one of our families live there. So it's kind of like a place where whenever I'm home in California, because my family is so big and because I'm one of the older ones in the family, I always kind of get... Um, drawn in and, and willingly so, but I would kind of get drawn into doing things for the family, you know, helping with this or that. And, you know, whether it's planning a wedding or um, put throwing a party or helping with some design project or landscaping project, you know, I'm always going to a brother or a sister's house and talking to them about their, it always ends up to, that I talk about their yard or their plants and the, the design of the outside. And, um, which is all great. I mean, I love that. That's kind of something that kind of helps give me um, a sense of being needed and purpose. And so that's, that's important for my personality. I love that. And I love my family. And the same with Alessandro. 
when we're here in Coniano, where the majority of his family lives, he really gets, um, you know, whether it's taking someone to the hospital or figuring out some technology or an alarm system at grandmother's house or whatever. There's just always things when you're in the same city as your family. There's just always these things that that you kind of end up helping with or doing, which is wonderful. But the nice thing about Tennessee is because no, no family lived there, we're really both able to just kind of spend time with friends when we want to, and then we get to just focus on work or focus on whatever else we'd like to focus on without being interrupted. And it's just kind of, it's turning out to be so much more enjoyable than I ever expected. And it kind of is working out really well for us. We'll always have Italy, of course, where we spend the majority of the year, and then we'll always have California. But Tennessee will be kind of that intermediate place that's neither here nor there, but not too far from either Italy or California. It's kind of that halfway point in in some ways. And um, yeah, so it's just working out great. We're, We're loving it. It's wonderful. We got to spend some wonderful time with friends where we met new people. You know that you're really becoming part of a community when you start getting invited to parties. And I love that. That's made us feel very connected and very special. The people in the South are very, for the most part, very warm and welcoming. And I have to say, much more progressive than I than I ever expected them to be. Living in places like California and New York, there certainly is a somewhat of a stereotype, not by everyone, but but many people carry a stereotype about the South in the United States that I'm sure there's some truth to. I'm not saying that there's you know no truth to it, but I have been very pleasantly surprised to find that some of the stereotypes that I was brought up believing are just simply not the case for the vast majority of people. And I have found in living in three different states that you're going to find people with obnoxious viewpoints and racist or unkind ways of being anywhere you live. And the same thing goes for any country that you live. You could live in the most serene and beautiful country in the world, and you're still going to find people there that have issues and have ideologies that are difficult and offensive to people. And so anyway, I think that's just part of the human condition. So Tennessee was wonderful. We had a fantastic visit with our friends there. I had a good friend who lives in Birmingham drive up. My dear friend, Susan, who I met in Canada several years ago, and she drove up and we spent some time together, went to the aquarium, and it was just a really, really lovely visit. And we even drove down to Atlanta and met my friend who moved from California, my friend Christy, a couple years ago. She bought a house in Atlanta. Her career is there. She's doing so great. And we got to drive down and spend some time with her. We've spent very little time in the Atlanta area besides being in the airport. So it was so nice to know that I've got a dear friend that's just an hour and a half away that's from California who's known me for 
a couple decades. You know, that's that's so nice. It's nice to have new friends, but it's also wonderful to have people around who've known you for a long time. There's something really special about that. So I'm just feeling very grateful about things in Tennessee in general and really happy that we were, were able to put down some roots there. And we're looking forward to hopefully we found a piece of property we really like and kind of just figuring out what we think this market's going to do. But we'll probably probably close on something before the end of the year. That's That's what our thoughts are. So after Tennessee, we flew to California, and I have to say, uh, one of the things I discovered on this trip was that rental cars in the United States, I don't know if this is happening around the world or if it's just in the United States, but since the pandemic hit, there have been a lot of strange things happening with rental car companies. And not only did we run out of gas in some local gas stations in the Atlanta area when we were trying to drive back up to Tennessee, so there were some gas issues while we were in the South, but also I found that renting a car, now even though we have a car in Tennessee, flying to California, I rent, had to rent a car from the airport and then flying back to New York on the way home, we rented a car. And both times it was very challenging to find rental car availability, period. I usually work with one specific company. They had absolutely no inventory. I had to use a brand new company I've never used before. Finally got something. When I arrived, they had didn't have the car that they said they were going to have, so they changed it. So I was driving a different vehicle than I expected. But, and the prices were like triple or quadruple or five times the amount. I mean, it normally costs about, for me, I, I usually pay about 150 to $200 per week to rent a car. And the prices were like, in some cases, over $1,000 a week. And I was like, I needed a car for a couple of weeks. So I had to, I finally found a, a pretty decent deal in California and, and in New York, but I had to kind of look for one. And so I found that that a lot of companies have sold off their inventories. Rental car, I mean, rental car companies really got hit hard during the pandemic. No one was renting cars. And so, because no one was traveling. And so all these airports were closed. So normally people fly into these airports to pick up a rental car. Well, nobody was flying. So, and then most people were just staying home because everything was closed. So there's no point of going out. So some of these car companies were just struggling so much that they started selling their inventory because there's kind of a global chip shortage, I think it has something to do with the fact that many of the chips are produced in China. And so the demand dropped and so then production dropped. Now production is trying to catch up with demand again. So the price of used cars went up. So a lot of these rental car companies decided, well, the best way to recoup some of our losses is they sell off some of this fleet. That Who knows if people are ever going to rent cars again or how long it'll take for them to start renting cars. So the inventories that some of these car companies have is, is much lower than it would normally be. So now we're coming into summer. People are renting cars again. People are flying and traveling. So yeah, there's just kind of this weird thing happening with rental cars. I'm sure those of you who have tried renting a car recently in the United States know what I'm talking about. I'd be curious to hear if that's happening in other places as well. So anyway, we got to California. We had such a really, really wonderful time in California. I I try to, to go into things with as much of a positive 
attitude as I can, but having kind of low expectations for the outcome. I know what, how I want to try to behave and, and I, I can only really control my approach to situations. I went with pretty low expectations about just anything, spending time with family and, and interacting with them and, and, and everything, just kind of going with as much of an open heart as I could and, and just letting things kind of unfold naturally. And I have to say, it just turned out to be a trip that was just filled with a lot of really, really beautiful experiences. Got to spend a lot of time with my siblings and my mom and my dad. I spent more time with my mom because I was helping her. We were traveling around a lot. We were buying furniture and art and fabrics and things for her house that we're trying to get finished up. We've been working on that project for a while and it's coming to a close. We're in the fun phase of the project now where we get to sort of fill the house with beautiful things. And, and of course, that's something I love to do. So we spent a lot of time in driving in her big truck. She has a big GMC pickup. And we were driving around in that all over Northern California in San Francisco and the Bay Area. And, and we were just kind of in Sacramento. We were all over the place. And sometimes we would take a trailer with us and we would pick up sofas and chairs. And other times we would go and buy stuff. And then we didn't have the trailer. So we had to go back the next day. And we went all over the place. We went to, we went to flea markets. We went to antique shops, vintage shops, consignment shops. And we just found some great pieces and had a really fun time doing it. Alessandro spent some time with us doing that. So my mom hadn't spent time with him for quite a while. Um, in fact, she hasn't, hadn't spent time with him since 2017. That was really, really nice. And it meant a lot to him. It meant a lot to me. I think my mom really enjoyed herself as well. And so Alessandro got to spend, spend some time around my brothers and sisters and my parents. And it was just nice. It was just super nice. I, I didn't get to spend time with all my friends that I wanted to see in California because it was really kind of a, it was kind of a family focused trip more than anything. And, and I was really spending, I spent a good solid eight or nine days working with my mom on this project. And that only left us about five additional days. We were staying with my grandmother and we had the most wonderful visit with her. We got to stay at her house. She has a little farm in the valley and she has cows and a wonderful vegetable garden. And she's got a tractor that she drives. She's 83, but she's like, she's like, it's so inspiring the way that she manages her farm and her animals and, and on this beautiful piece of property that she took from a bare piece of land and built a, a ranch on it. And she did that in her seventies. So she's just kind of an incredible person. The house is just very comfortable, very beautiful. She lives there alone. So we were able to go and spend some time with her. And we had a couple parties where we had some family over and we got to sort of celebrate and just be together. And she loved it. We loved it. You know, there's always cocktail hour around, around five o'clock at her house. She has her vodka and her tonics and usually a cigarette in one hand and a vodka tonic in the other. And, um, She's just quite the character. She's quite an inspiration. We're really close, and I just really, really enjoy and really soak up all those moments we get to spend together 
one of our favorite things to do is to play canasta which is a card game that she taught me and so now all my siblings and i play it with her whenever we come over and yeah it was just great i got to spend some time with my dad not as much time as i wanted but my dad came and joined us one one day as we were at the flea market over in alameda in the bay area and my poor dad he gets pulled along he's a farmer and he's very very happy when he's focused on something related to farming he's also a pilot so he's just he's just he, he has his very specific areas of interest and my mom is really good at pulling him out of those areas that he's sort of focused on and, and getting him to do things that he maybe doesn't think sound good in the beginning, but he ends up usually having more fun than he expects to have. And so my parents are a good balance for each other. So I got to spend some time with them together and separately. And that was amazing. And one day we went up to Sacramento and I got to meet some of my friends for lunch and my friends. I don't often get to share time with my friends and my mom all together. So it was just a fun mix of people. I got to see my friend John from Winters and my friend Charmaine from Sacramento. And we just, we just had a great time. I just really loved it. You know, you've had a really good trip when you are almost feeling sad to leave. You know, I think that's a great sign. The worst thing would be, and I have had trips where I was ready to be gone, you know, ready to go home and, you know, not sure about, you know, how many times do I really, you know, how many times am I going to be coming back here? You know, do I really need to come back here as often as I do? It's two times per year is still too much. But anyway, I was just, I left California with a lot of gratitude and we got back to New York, spent a few days in New York. I got to spend some time with our friend Carmela at her farm and got to see our friend Dee, who is an artist in the city. And of course, I never get to see everybody, you know, just, there's just not enough time. We were only in New York for a couple days. I even got to go to my favorite Greek restaurant, which this place I discovered when I first moved to New York, it's across the river from Nyack, which is where I used to live. There's this wonderful Greek restaurant there. And of course, I've got friends in that town as well. And, and it was amazing to be able to go into my favorite vintage shop in Terrytown, which is, the, which is the town where the Greek restaurant is. So we were able to go into my favorite vintage shop, the Cherry Door, which my friend Dominique is the, he's the proprietor of that shop. And I hadn't planned on buying anything. I should never go into the cherry door when I'm traveling because it's difficult to, to bring things with you. If you find something you fall in love with and you think you can't live without, it's very difficult to bring those things with you when you're already traveling with full bags. But I walked into that store and I found a couple pieces that I was just like, I think I have to have those. And one of them was the most strange and unusual and beautiful pieces I've ever seen. It was just this simple piece of American ceramic. And it was, it was from the 1950s. And it was actually, it's actually a cookie jar, but it's in the shape of a giant slice of, I think cheesecake maybe. And so it's this kind of cream colored, yellowish sort of 
cheesecake slice, but then on top, the lid is actually all of these individual strawberries that are all bright, bright red in the shape of strawberries. And on top of that, there's like a, a scoop of vanilla ice cream. And I saw that and I was like, I have to have that. It's quite large, in fact, and very fragile. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I bought that and another piece of Bennington glass, which is a piece of early American glassware that reminded me of my great-grandmother Gladys because she has a collection of those that is now, you know, in my mom's house and my grandmother's house. And so, yeah, I don't know why, but I felt like I had to get both of those pieces and somehow I, I managed to, to get both those pieces home. I'll share a little clip of those pieces that I'm talking about that I bought in New York in the Instagram video for this week. But had a great visit in New York. It was just nice. I, I actually, the vehicle that we were originally supposed to get was just going to be a standard car in New York, but they only had minivans and pickups available. So I ended up driving a giant four-wheel drive Dodge Ram truck through Manhattan <laughs> and through New York and New Jersey while I was there. And so one of the things that we had to do when we were in New York was we had to get tested even though we're vaccinated, we still have to be tested. And anyone flying internationally has to get a negative COVID test. And it has to be a very specific type of test. It has to be the PCR test. And so we got our first available appointment to get the PCR test. We went to a Rite Aid pharmacy and pulled up to their drive through and they gave us the little vial with, with the swab that goes in your nose. We, we used it and then we put it, you know, and sent it back through the window to the pharmacist. And they said, okay, you know, you're going to get your results in one to three days. Well, we were supposed to fly out the next day. And so I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if we're going to get these results back in time. So I decided to call the airline, KLM, and check with them and see, you know, what happens if we don't get our results back in time. So when I called them, they said, yes, you do need those. You know, you, you, you're going to be required to have that in order to, to get on the plane and to, to fly into Italy. But also, I just want you to know that your flight has been canceled. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, I was like, I'm sorry, what did you? And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry to tell you, but your flight has been canceled for tomorrow. And at first I was kind of like, well, that's surprising. I mean, I've had flights canceled before. Anyone who's traveled much knows what it's like to have your flight canceled, but I've always been informed of that happening before. And so I was just so glad that I, that I called and asked. And so you know, she's like, you're supposed to get notified. I'm sorry, our system must have glitched and you were supposed to be notified, but, but I'm going to go ahead and book you on the next flight for tomorrow. And so we were actually kind of grateful because that allowed our test results to arrive. It gave us an extra day in New York and it allowed our negative test results that came back negative, of course, to arrive. And we were able to fly with no problems. Originally, we had a nonstop flight from New York to Venice Marco Polo Airport, but because we had to take a flight the following day, that, that other flight that we ended up on was routed through Amsterdam and then to Venice. So we had no problems getting on our flight 
in the United States. All we had to do was show them our negative COVID tests. We got on the plane. And of course, everyone's still wearing masks on planes and in the airports. And so we had a very lovely flight. I really like flying on KLM Airlines. And it seems like that's going to be the airline that we fly on because they're a partner of Delta. And Delta is who I always fly with. It's just very convenient. They always have flights out of Venice going to New York and even San Francisco. So it's very convenient. And I'm kind of learning that from Venice, that's the airline we're going to fly if we are leaving from Venice to go to the United States. And they're just a very high quality airline. I feel very comfortable and safe flying them. And they have one of the highest rated flying experiences that you can have. We left New York at about seven o'clock in the evening and flew for seven hours approximately. And it got dark while we were flying. So we're flying towards the sunrise. So we flew and the sun was setting while we were flying. But then as we were flying, the sun, as we got over the Atlantic Ocean and into Europe, the sun, of course, it was coming up there because they're about six hours ahead of New York. And so it was starting to be light and morning. And it's just such a, such always such a wild thing to experience flying and experiencing both sunset and sunrise on the same flight. I got some absolutely stunning videos of this band of bright red coral orange that fades into yellow and pink and then blue. And that gradation from, from those really warm colors all the way up to those dark, cool blues. It just, I'm just always so fascinated by it and the clouds flying past and the sky and just flying in general is just always so incredible to me. But we arrived in Amsterdam and had a lovely short layover in the Amsterdam airport and had absolutely no problems getting in. The fact that I've traveling with a spouse that's you know a member of the European Union and and has a European passport that makes everything so much easier but they did want me to show my proof that I have an appointment in September for my residency to get my residency card and then eventually citizenship so I showed them that we breezed through no problem hopped on that short hour and a half flight from Amsterdam down to Venice and we arrived around noon yesterday morning. I'm recording this on Monday morning. And so we arrived at noon and hopped on the train, came up to Coneyana on the train, took us about 30 minutes or so. And it was Sunday, so there was hardly anyone on the train. It was very quiet. And we got in, picked up our car that was parked in the parking garage under Alessandro's grandmother's home where she lives and came back here to home and unloaded our bags and then crashed and took a nice long nap. And we didn't have any food in the house because we've been gone. And so Alessandro asked, you know, would you like to go out to a restaurant or would you like to just order something and, you know, eat it here? So we decided that we would pick something up and Alessandro brought Chinese food from our very favorite Chinese place here. And we had the most wonderful 
Chinese food with a giant bottle of a magnum of Prosecco. I don't know where he had that hiding, but he brought out this giant ice cold bottle of chilled Prosecco. We didn't drink the whole bottle, but that tasted so good with our Chinese food. And we were starving because we hadn't eaten anything since we got off the plane. And so we think we ate dinner pretty late dinner after taking a very long nap and then we were still tired and still fell asleep and slept all night and then got up and I'm feeling very very refreshed today it's just been it just feels so so good to be back in Italy and there's a certain sense of calm that comes over me when I when I walk into our house here or just landing here and hopping on the train. It just, it feels like home. And this is the first time that I came home to Italy after moving here. And as I was talking to my friends and family before I left to come back, and as we were traveling through the airport and people were asking us, okay, well, where do you live? And, you know, I would say, you know, Italy, we're going home to Italy. People would say, well, have a safe flight home. To, you know, to Italy, and it kind of was like a new thing. It's the first time that I ever really experienced that. People saying, you know, have a safe trip back to Italy, back home. Kind of amazing. It felt amazing, and, and it kind of dawned on me that this this really is, this is home now. And in case you can't tell, that, that really puts a big smile on my face. I love it. So, yeah, it's just... It's so good to be back. This morning, I I woke up pretty early because I had got plenty of sleep last night and walked down to the grocery store that's just a couple blocks away and bought a couple of bags of groceries and walked back with them and got all my ingredients for my green smoothies. And I'm really, really looking forward to being back to sort of healthy habits of eating One of the things that's so nice about being back here is that the lockdown restrictions that were in place before we left are just not not the same anymore. We don't have a 10 o'clock curfew anymore. In fact, I think the curfew that is now at midnight is completely being removed next week. And you can eat in and out of restaurants. There are many, many regions of Italy now that are considered completely open. They are white. You know, we were in a red zone right before we left, but now there are many white zones around Italy and people in their 20s and younger are being vaccinated. So it's just, yeah, things are things are definitely going very well. I'm looking forward to being healthy. One of the things that happened while I was in the United States that I was not too thrilled about is and it sort of was a wake-up call for me. When I was younger, uh, you know, we all have probably some celebrity or famous person that people have told us that we look like. When I was younger, in my teens and 20s, I had a number of people over those years tell me that I, I looked like Matt Damon to them, that the actor Matt Damon. I've never really thought I looked very much like him, but I always liked Hearing that, it was a nice compliment. I think mainly it was probably my hair, maybe my smile, but my hair, I think, are about the only things that I think are very similar. But enough people said it that it stuck in my head. And when I was in the United States for this past visit, 
I had two people tell me that I looked like someone. The first time that it happened was actually my my friend Christy in Atlanta. Her daughter said to me, her daughter's, you know, in her early teens, and her daughter said to me, you remind me of somebody and I can't figure out who it is. And I'm thinking to myself, well, <laughs> it's been a while since I've heard anybody say this, but it's probably Matt Damon <laughs> because, you know, that's who it always was. And so she, I didn't say anything. And she's like, I'm going to try to figure out who it is. So we were driving to get something to eat and she was in the back seat. And as we're driving, she goes, oh, I just figured it out. I was, she was on her phone and she was looking up the name of this person that I reminded her of. And I was, you know, okay, who is it? Trying to prepare myself for acting surprised. And um, she goes, you remind me of that really funny comedian, James Corden, that British guy, James Corden. And I was like, James Corden, like from the late show, James Corden. And I mean, now, now those of you, I don't know would you, most of you would probably recognize James Corden from seeing him. Cause he's been on lots of, lots of different things, lots of shows and, and films. He's hilarious. He's an incredible guy. He's actually one of my favorite, favorite actors, but he is sort of plump and portly and and he's not he's not terribly fit and so when she said that i was kind of like i mean i was kind of shocked <laughs> i mean i was i was flattered that that i reminded her of someone you know and she did say you know you kind of remind me more of him without his accent you don't look so much like him, but something about you reminds me of him. But, and so I kind of laughed it off and thought, okay, well, that's, that's kind of funny. She's just a young girl. What does she know? She, whatever. But then another person (laughs) told me on the same trip, told me that I reminded them of James Corden. And so what that tells me is that I need to really buckle down on my fitness. You know, it's so easy for us to just give ourselves a quick look in the mirror and wear clothes. You know, when we, you know, when it was winter here, I was wearing coats and jackets and, you know, every time I look in the mirror, I'm usually wearing a coat, but apparently, uh, this pandemic and the quarantine and the lockdowns and, you know, eating pizzas from around the corner here at our house in Italy, and just not being able to go to the gym and work out the way I would like to, apparently that's kind of caught up to me. And so I'm reminding people of James Corden, who is currently the face of Weight Watchers, the weight loss company. Oprah Winfrey just interviewed James Corden. Oprah Winfrey is part of Weight Watchers, and she interviewed James Corden, and I caught a little bit of their interview. And and he's, you know, he's trying to get in shape. So I guess James Corden and I are going to be getting back into shape together because I can tell you this, I have a wedding to go to in California in the next several months. And so maybe even two weddings to, to attend. And that means I'm going to be in photos. And I just, anyway, this is, this is it. I am getting back into shape. I'm losing any weight that I've gained over the last, you know, several years. So I am committing to 
making some changes in my diet and my exercise. Fortunately, gyms are back open here, so I don't have the excuse of not having a gym to attend. We're going to be spending some time down in the south, and I want to do a lot of swimming in the ocean. So anyway, I'm already on it. I've already got all the ingredients, and I've got a green smoothie waiting for me in the kitchen right now as I record this. And so I am very committed to getting back into shape, losing all of that extra weight that I'm carrying around from this pandemic. No more excuses. And so I will keep you all in the loop on how that progress uh, is going. I want to share one more kind of funny story with you uh, that happened while I was in California. Because I had about eight or nine different legs of different flights with New York to Tennessee and then Tennessee to California, then California back to New York and then New York. You know, there was just a lot of different flights to keep track of. And I'm also tracking some flights on Google. I shared with you guys how I, how I you know, do Google flights to, to book most of my flights. And so I'm tracking some flights in, in diff, on different months for different times of the year on Google. And one of the things that... So I just, I had a whole bunch of flight information sort of floating around on my phone. And so when I went to, my mom drove us back to the airport, which was so nice of her. And so the day before we were going to travel, I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay. I, for some reason, I thought we were flying out of the San Jose airport, but it looks like we're flying out of the San Francisco airport. So, okay, great. So we got up, you know, and got on the road by a decent time. We were running a tiny bit late. Our flight was supposed to leave at 1.15 in the afternoon from San Francisco. So my mom let me drive her truck. So we drove her truck. My mom came with us and we got to the airport in time. We had about an hour or so before our flight was supposed to leave. Just enough time for us to check our bags in and, you know, make it to the gate. And so I, I walked up to the counter at San Francisco airport and I gave our IDs to the man behind the, the counter. And, and he's like, he kind of takes our IDs and then he's looking at his screen and he goes, what time is your flight supposed to leave? And I was like, Oh, very soon within, you know, within the hour. And he's like, Hmm. Now you don't ever want somebody looking at their screen at an airport and going, Hmm. That's never, it's never good. So I was like, okay, a little alarm bell kind of went off in my brain. And I was like, wait a minute. Oh no, what, don't tell me that I like messed up the times or something. So I pulled out my phone and I looked at the, you know, I went, found the, the itinerary and I see on the itinerary, the time was correct, but I was at the wrong airport. I was supposed to be at the San Jose airport like I originally had thought I was supposed to be. I don't know how I got confused with the San Francisco airport. So here we are at the San Francisco airport across the bay from San Jose. There was no way we were going to make it over to San Jose. We barely made it in time to, on the flight we were supposed to be on to, in San Francisco. So this man that was talking to us says, tell you what, take your bags and go wait in that line over there. This was for Delta. We were flying from uh, we were flying Delta from from the Bay Area to New York, and so we walked over to the special services line at the Delta counter, 
And this very nice man, Richard, was there, and I explained the situation. I, I said, you're never going to believe what a stupid thing I just did. He's like, let me guess. You're at the wrong airport. And I was like, okay, well, sounds like maybe I may, may not be the first person who have ever pulled a ridiculous stunt like this. But he's like, all right, well, let me, you know, let me see what I can do for you. And so... Fortunately, there happens to be a flight the, at, leaving at the exact same time flying to New York. And he's like, I'll tell you what, I see that you're kind of a loyal member with Delta. You've been flying with us for a long time and you're a medallion member and all that. I'm going to just, we never do this, but I'm going to rebook you on this flight. There happens to be room on this flight. Normally, we would charge a rebooking fee, and you'd have to buy the ticket plus the change fee. But I'm going to go ahead and do this for you. Don't tell anybody I did this for you, but I'm doing this for you. And, I mean, thank you, Richard, from Delta at Special Services, because you literally saved us. I don't know. I can't even imagine what kind of chaos our life would have spiraled into that day if, if Richard hadn't done that for us. So thank you again so much, Delta and Richard, for being understanding and kind and letting us get on that flight. So we got on that flight, flew to New York, no problems. And, oh man, that could have been bad. That could have been really bad. And there we were with all our bags at the airport. And if we had to fly out the next day, that would have just been kind of crazy. We would have thrown everything off in New York for our flight in New York. And anyway, long story short, all's well, it ends well. And so, I'm just grateful that we were able to figure that out. So anyway, that's basically that's basically the recap of coming back to Italy and the travel and the experience that we had. So that brings us to our Italian proverb for the week. And this week's Italian proverb is nulla si fa senza volantana. And that means without commitment, nothing gets done. So, nulla si fa senza volantana. Without commitment, nothing gets done. And I found that to be very poignant right now because I am committing to my fitness and to health and getting back in shape. So that is what I am focused on committing to right now. So, nulla si fa senza volantana. And that brings us to our surrounding sounds for this week. And what I'm going to be sharing with you is basically a, sort of a collection of sounds of my trip. My grandmother has a house in the Santa Cruz area, and so we were able to spend some time on the beach a couple times. So there's going to be some beach sounds. There's going to be some sounds of my grandmother uh, at her farm, maybe even a sound of her on a tractor. And there's going to be the sound of having some drinks at, at one of my favorite restaurants, Zocalo, in Sacramento with my mom and some of my friends from Sacramento. And I think you even hear my friend John saying something about surrounding sounds. He's one of my, one of my absolute best friends and he's a listener. And I think in the toast that we do, I hear him saying something about surrounding sounds. And so I, I'm leaving that part in for sure in, in the final clip and 
Then uh, I took some sounds of driving down the street in Manhattan in that big truck that we were driving. And so there's some sounds of New York City that is definitely coming back to life. And then the sound of coming through customs as we landed in Amsterdam. And then finally some sounds of just coming back here, landing in Venice Airport and coming back here to our beloved Prosecco Valley here in Northern Italy. So enjoy those sounds and I will be back afterwards to say goodbye. Mami so slotto. I don't talk That's too naked. high for no we cut you. That's naked. <laughs> She's mad today. She's mad. Be careful. <laughs> hey, let's go to work, please. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. They work a they weigh about a pound a piece. And it's the harvest wagon. Pretty sure you have some elephant board. You go to the market and buy this, but um, in California you just grow it. There's your fresh garlic. <laughs> Party pooper. Nice, Mom. I caught that. <laughs> What's that surrounding sound? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, Where are you going to? Italy. You also live there or? Yes, moving there. You're moving there?
So you didn't got the rest of the scotch yet. You didn't got the rest of the scotch yet. Not yet. Working on it in September. Okay. Do you have the documentation about it? Say that one more time. Do you have any documentation about it? That you Do you have the, the thing for my appointment? Can you see that? We're actually married. Okay. I don't know if that matters. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the airport of Venice. Please remain seated. You may now switch on your phone and on the devices. On arrival, after the fastest evil sign is switched off, we will disembark row by row, starting with row one. When it's your turn to stand up, be careful collecting your belongings from the luggage bins, as items may have moved during the flight and could fall out. I hope you enjoyed those sounds from my travels and from coming back here to Italy. I am so excited about our upcoming season two. We only have three episodes left after this episode in season one. And while I was in California, I was able to get an interview with someone that I'm going to be bringing in for episode one of season two. It was a bit difficult to interview people during the pandemic. So I'm looking forward to some interviews of some really special people in the upcoming seasons. But season two, episode one, there's an incredibly special interview that I'm going to be sharing with you. So that will be premiering in about the middle of July. I'm not going to be taking a break between the two seasons. We are going to jump from season one, which is going to have 25 episodes in it, to season two, which will also have 25 episodes. So I'm looking forward to that and sharing that with you. I'm not going to tell you who the interview was with, but I will tell you that it's very special and I think you'll find it to be very enjoyable. So something to look forward to. Thank you so much for joining me again today. I hope wherever you are in the world that you are healthy and well and thriving. And I'm looking forward to being back here with you next week. So until then, take care. God bless. Ciao, ciao, ciao.